Augmented reveals the stories behind the new era of industrial operations, where technology will restore the agility of frontline workers. In episode 15 of the podcast, the topic is Friedman's Factory, the introduction. Our guest is Mark Friedman, lean practice leader at Tulip, for our new segment, Friedman's Factory, which you will recognize because of our new segment-specific music with a cool shop floor vibe. What I'd like to talk about continuous improvement in the way I see it now with all these new technologies that are available, specifically around, you know, no-code stuff. It's just so necessary for manufacturing. In this conversation, we talk about Friedman's factory. What is it? What do we hope to accomplish? We learn that Mark Friedman, whose job title is all about lean, which has to do with eliminating waste and increasing productivity, is in fact, all about Kaizen, which is somewhat more ambitiously Japanese and means change for the better, or in better English, continuous improvement. From Kai, meaning change, and Zen, meaning peaceful, relaxed, and aware. We are aiming for all those things. In fact, we hope to probe deep into the manufacturing experience, learning from people who live it and breathe it. We also want to investigate what it means to explore Kaizen and Lean together with digitalization and with the no-code approach. As Friedman says, with all change, we have to respect the current state. In other words, before we start to change something, we have to take in what is and recognize why it is that way. If all of these things sound slightly philosophical, it is because they are. This is down-to-earth philosophy with a small p. Augmented is a podcast for leaders, hosted by futurist Trun Arne Unheim, presented by Tulip.co, the manufacturing app platform, and associated with MFG Works, the manufacturing upskilling community launched at the World Economic Forum. Each episode dives deep into a contemporary topic of concern across the industry and airs at 9 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time every Wednesday. Augmented, the Industry 4.0 podcast. Friedman's Factory. How are you, Friedman? I'm doing great. How are you? Yeah. I'm doing okay, too. So I was wondering, what, what is it that we're trying to create? I think this is the first episode, so we have to promise. We have to make some promises about what we're going to discuss what are we going to discuss oh man well there's so many things we could discuss <laughs> but um you know generally speaking i just i just am very passionate about continuous improvement and kaizen so and i've, I've done it for so long and i've seen so many you know um different processes and i've seen things work and seen things not work and i'm just been like i would like to talk about really continuous improvement in the way I see it now with all these new technologies that are available, uh, specifically around, you know, no code stuff. Uh, it's, it's just so necessary for manufacturing, especially for Kaizen. Like, uh, so things I like to talk about, you know, is, you know, how would you, like, how could you use software in, in Kaizen now that we have all, like we have these cell phones in our pockets and you can do so many things with them. Uh, like, you know, you swipe on your cell phone and just with your finger and a pizza arrives or something like this. And you go to manufacturing and it's not like that. Almost, it's so often not like that. So uh, there are so many problems that exist and, you know, they can be solved. And I just want to talk about 
the different areas. So whether it's material systems, maybe it's, you know, lean transformation, but honestly, it's really just problem solving things in manufacturing that I've seen, things that I'd like to solve, uh, just exciting things like that. But Kaizen to me is actually a foreign word. I mean, I think it's a foreign word to most people. What does it mean to you? Uh, I love I love Kaizen. Kaizen is I don't have any tattoos, but if I would get a tattoo, it would be Kaizen. And and what it is is like good change, right? It's change for the better. It's continuous improvement, um, and it's really you know it's the idea of lean, right? That's how I think about it. Um, it's you know the analogy I use pretty often is if like you don't go to the gym one day and lift every weight in the building and then expect to come home ripped. It doesn't happen. Like it's a mindset of continuous improvement and like being honest and transparent about your problems, making things visual and then solving them and being willing to fail, you know? Um, and that's for me, what it is, is it's just looking at processes with the intention to improve them, to know that it can never be perfect, but you're always sort of shooting for perfection in a way. Um, and there's just, it's just very fun. And it's, it's a really healthy way to run an effective operation. So okay. what I know, what I know is that uh, Friedman's Factory is a podcast segment, but is it actually a factory? Um, well, it's it's not a real factory. It's it's basically a mental model of a bunch of factories that I've been part of uh, and have helped solve problems in. So whenever I talk to a customer or whenever I am working to understand and fix a problem. Basically, I just create a model in my head of how this thing functions. You can't fix something unless you understand it, right? So I'm trying to build these models in my head. So we're going to be basically exploring an imaginary factory, which is a combination of all of the of all my experiences and customers I've worked with and problems that I've lived through and, you know, like uh, these sorts of things. And, you know, there these patterns exist. So a lot of it I think will resonate with people. I found that, you know, um, overall people want to do a really good job and at, at, in whatever factory they're in and there are challenges and some of these challenges repeat and some of them have best practice solutions. And, you know, so this, there's an, it's not a real factory, but it's, it's a mental model of a bunch of factories that I've been in and like fell in love with and like hated and like had a, you know, uh, but you know, had, had a fun relationship with. But we also promise to be visual because I know you're so passionate about being visual and visual is everything for you in my, and manufacturing is very visual. How are you going to deliver on that promise? Um, well, I'd like to show images of certain things that people might recognize. Like an example of this might be a drop zone. The other thing is I'll probably try and describe things very visually as, as I see them and use a lot of analogies. Um, yeah, because we're trying to do two things. We're doing a video and we're doing a podcast, but we're certainly going to be really good, hopefully, at uh, describing things so that it is a visual podcast. I mean, that sounds crazy, right? Mm -hmm. I guess. But <laughs> ideas like... What's in, what's what I think is kind of interesting is when you're talking to someone in a given manufacturing cell and they're having a problem, right? Um, their day-to-day -day experience is very much like uh, 
um, you know, their experience, like this piece of paper, or they, they see things sort of as they come to them. But to, to understand what's really happening, it's, it's a very dynamic, connected situation. So it's like the ideas being described ends up being a pretty good representation of reality. Like sometimes you actually need to like imagine in order to understand what you're seeing. So I think that, I think that works too. Now some, some things I'll have to describe, like, you know, if we're talking about an and on light or something, I mean, I'll probably like describe it in one sense to say, yes, the light bulb. In the other sense, I'll say that, you know, this is a lot like a doctor walking by a patient's room, you know, all these lights and beeps and things go off so they can understand how things are working. And like, that's the idea behind it. So it's kind of visual, but it's kind of also like imagining things that people can reference in their everyday life. Hmm. Mark, question. Are you uh, serious about things or are you a jokester? Um, I definitely find humor in things. <laughs> um, <laughs> because there's so much serious, there's, there's a lot of very serious uh, podcasts out there. I think I have at least one serious podcast. Uh, I, I'm a little bored of that. So, um, I don't know. I'm not promising that I'm funny, <laughs> but like, <laughs> I definitely find the humor in things. Um, and I mean, I mean, it's, it's serious what we're doing, but it's not serious. Like, um, it's important to people that their lives get better when they're doing their jobs and that their processes get better. This is like someone goes to work every day for, I don't know, 10 hours or eight hours or whatever at, at a factory, right? Like that shouldn't be the worst eight hours of their life. You know, that should be a good time. So like, it's serious in the sense that like the stuff we're doing makes an impact and like you can actually make someone's life better and it's important to them. So it's serious in that way, but like ultimately it's, it should be fun. It's supposed to be yeah. fun. Like you're yeah. making things better. Like this is a fun time. Like it's not the end of the world. Um, but you know, and it's also, there isn't like a right answer either. So like you can't be, you can't be so serious about like, this is the way to do it. This is the tool I have to use standard work in this like I'm be chart exactly as it is. It's like, no, like we're, we're here to figure this out. Like we're, we're, learning as we go so um but it's serious because you get to actually make change you know yeah so i don't know but this podcast i don't expect I, it to be very serious myself personally being like very serious yeah. <laughs> so the other thing i i mean i'd love to do this uh, but i wanted to ask you first since it's the two of us uh do we, we we could take requests too right i mean oh yeah that'd be cool i mean i would absolutely like one of the things I've always wanted to do was actually like, so I've done like Kaizen so many times, right. But I've wanted to take a camera with me to the factory with the people and talk to the people on the floor and have them like, you know, say, Oh, this, this process sucks. And like, I don't know what these parts are and all this sort of stuff. Like I just give me, I have so many shortages, whatever it is. Right. And just like hear from the people who are doing the work, like in the real place from them and just show the process because, you know, it's, it's fun. And if someone would be willing to share that, I'd be all for it, you know? Um, but I'm, I mean, I, I guess some companies, like we'd have to take the name out or something. Some people probably don't want to like, air their dirty laundry, but when you're in it, if you're the one in the company, then like, you've got to be transparent about what's going on. Otherwise you're lying to yourself. Yeah, I agree with that. But, but even just taking topics, I mean, we'll certainly have an email chain open and people can suggest on the show. And, you know, if we get ourselves organized, maybe we could take some callers and stuff. And uh, let's see how this all uh, comes along. Um, oh, yeah, and maybe a challenge too. 
Like if someone like disagrees with me, like help me understand what I'm saying wrong. I would love that because like it's the only way I learn. I want like, you know, but I, I, I would love any sort of engagement with people who are interested to like talk about this stuff. I mean, people who like this stuff, it's, you can tell. So like get on here with us and talk to us because, you know, it's, it's like, I'm kind of a nerd for it. It's really fun. Yeah. Let's quickly foreshadow some episodes without giving episode numbers, but we're, uh, we're definitely going to talk about Kaizen because y- you love Kaizen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we may, we may or may not cover Tulip. I mean, I think Tulip is, uh, is something interesting. Um, it's just a great tool, yeah. you know, but I don't care what you solve the problem with. The tool just happens to be an awesome tool for it, but like you can use yeah. anything, uh, to solve these problems potentially. Yeah. Um, but some, some well, things like, so we're going to talk about Kaizen the whole time. But like we might want to spend like in, in like one episode maybe talking specifically about Kaizen and what it means and what it like, especially I do think it's worth focusing on. I mean, I happen to work at Tulip. I happen to love being able to use. I mean, I've solved so many problems with information systems in the past that like, you know, it, it's worth mentioning. And I do want to focus a little bit on that because I do think that's like, like I'm convinced Taiichi Ono, uh, you know, he's. Toyota production system, like, you know, the founder of it, so to speak, I'm convinced he would have loved like Tulip or like no, any no code, like development tool, because you can just do so much. You can do so many things that weren't possible before. So like, if you can, you should, you know? So like, I definitely want to spend time talking about like that idea, but I want to spend time talking about some other stuff too. Like, you know, like work instructions. Like I find so often people are saying like, we have, we want to make improvements. So we want to make work instructions, you know? And I just want to say like, why, why work instructions? And like, talk about like, what are you, what do you, what should you show to an operator on the floor? Like, what's the right thing to show is work instructions, your problem. You know, I kind of want to kind of want to peel that back and sort of challenge it because oftentimes (laughs) the people on the floor don't actually need that. They've had this, the 60 seconds, like tack time, they haven't memorized, like they don't need, a work instruction. So what do they need? What is their real problem? Is that we're going to move the needle or not? You know, I'd like to talk about I that. Love that. Challenge it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And, and I know that you have opinions about paper. I mean, there's nothing wrong with paper. You told me the other I day. I love paper. What's wrong with paper? Yeah. It's great. i think that's actually controversial right now so you know i think that that may be another promise that we we promise to be somewhat controversial don't we i mean i i will at least try because i I also think there's there's like um like communication on on a floor like i think we should probably talk about that because like i gave that pizza analogy earlier on your phone you swipe and you can get a pizza but like i can't tell what the like how many parts I made like right next to me or whether or not I have this part, like I can't tell this information, but I know that the pizza is like down the street and it's going to be here in two minutes and they're going to take it. You know, how can I, how is that possible? Um, and like communication in the shop floor, like one of the most valuable tools that people use uh, in factories is a radio, you know, and like, they're not wrong. It's, it's really useful. Uh, so like, like what is that all about and how can you make something um, like if you, if you could make technology do anything you wanted to for this problem, what would you make it do? You know? And that's like a reality of the kind of tool you can use today, you know? So like use it, you know, like I would love to like use that cell phone, <laughs> use that screen, use like that device, like make, like, this is now an option for you. Um, and the other thing is that people like, 
you know, they don't, they maybe don't, I mean, most people I've worked with is usually maybe one or two Excel people, you know, like this is like this girl, if you want, if you want to learn how to use like, you know, a, a, some ifs or something, or like a VLOOKUP, like talk to her, she really knows. Like there's like one person, right? A lot of people aren't really super tech savvy. And if they are, they're not on the shop floor. But like now you can be on the shop floor and not have that experience and still make these sort of tools. So it's really neat. I know I'm talking about the tools a lot, but I get excited about it. Um, another thing I like to talk about is materials. Material systems are just fun and interesting, like planning systems and stuff. Um, you know, like setting up Kanban and setting up setup wheels and all this stuff. Like there's so many companies where I've seen that the biggest problem is it's like a materials game, you know, it's like shortages and understanding shortages. Like when you stock out of something, <laughs> you got, I mean, is this, I mean, you can make the argument for, you know, if you have bad quality, then that's obviously awful. But, um, you know, a shortage, if those are plaguing you, you can just, it just shuts you down. You can't build it. You know, you end up building a bunch of like, like whip and you're holding it and waiting for parts. You have to manage all that. It's just so much waste. So I do want to talk about like inventory overproduction waste and like shortages and material systems a little bit just because I'm so passionate about those. Um, That's cool. You know, Mark, the, what I would love for us to do is for you to reverse engineer some products. Like I just got something from Amazon the other day. I, I want to know how it got there, how it possibly got there that fast and what damage I've probably done to the environment to get it there. And like, we should talk about like just things around us, like how, how I mean, reverse engineer society and then just see how much of it is manufacturing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have, so I'm one thing I promise is that I'll never pretend to know something. Um, I mo I'll mostly just ask questions about things and then continue to build on that model in my head. So like, I don't know exactly like, how Amazon does a lot of the stuff it does. I consider them like masters of logistics and I'm very impressed with a lot of what, what they, what they do. And I, I think about them often. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm, not to go back to the software thing, but I'm betting they use a lot of custom software. <laughs> it's Amazon. And like, yeah, they've had the ability, they've had, you know, they must've had like software engineers on their team to build this from like years ago when I first getting started. So like, it just shows you how powerful these things can be if they're all in sync, you know, and changing and adjusting. But the other thing like is, um, you know, it's not just man, it's not just manufacturing. Like I'll go to, like I got, a. Uh, you know, a, a COVID test, right? And just watching their process, it's everything. Everything is a process. And every, like, so watching the way they process customers through that facility and like seeing the waste and like, it's, it's everywhere. I mean, it's just, and it springs up, it springs up all the time. So people will, this is really awesome video I saw online where there was this like volunteer organization that were packaging up, um, and I'll share this with you. I'll, I'll find the link. It's really one of my favorite videos, but they basically are packaging up like soup can, like soup cans and like goods to like donate and they're doing it into boxes and they're just using a process that they fell into because they're just volunteers there. No one's really thinking about this, but they send this company over. I forget the company, uh, to, to like do process improvement with them. And they're like talking with the people who are doing the packaging. They're looking at the people unloading the trucks and they're doing all this stuff. And they make these small little improvements to it. And it just makes, it's just so fun to watch that improvement. And like, you know, that's, that's more, that's like a pack and ship operation. So that kind of is manufacturing. But, you know, my point is that it's everywhere, you know, like, yeah. like, so we can deconstruct things that we don't see. Like I can't see the inner workings of Amazon right now. 
Um, so it's hard for me to tell you, like, or imagine, I mean, I can imagine, but it's hard for me to tell what's going on um, with any exactness. But, you know, I can see how they process things in so many other places and, like, how might they improve that, you know? And sure, you've also, I'm sure, been to quite a few factories around the world. So it'd be lovely to, uh, great to have you kind of explain what you're seeing in factories today. Yeah, Um I don't know how, like, if I can use any names of, of these places, I probably can't, but I can describe, um, you know, some of the best practices that I've seen. Like, I love best practice. I go to a factory and literally my favorite thing to do is like, we'll, we'll walk around together and I'll talk with, you know, the managers or whoever the people are who, you know, are, you know, a couple levels above the operation. But then I'm like, can I just run, walk around for a little while? <laughs> like, can you, yeah. can I just talk to people? Like, do you mind? So I just kind of like squirrel about and like talk to water spiders and, and, and like look at boards and, and I find like, there's always people who, who are making it work, who are, who are facing problems every single day and like covering them up. And if those people aren't there, then like the factory like has a problem. Um, and I love finding those people and seeing what they're facing and, and I'd love to talk about that sort of stuff, but also there's some like really impressive cultures. Like I've, I've come to appreciate like organizational culture um, and people help people rally around and problems and get things done because I've seen some where it's, you know, a problem where people are actually like sort of shooting themselves in the foot a little bit and making it harder for them to improve. You know, I've also seen some where, people will take these ideas like standard standard work and a U-shaped cell and this sort of business. And they'll just like force it upon operators or hourly associates and give all of these great ideas, a really bad flavor for people on the floor because, you know, they're like, why can't I sit in a, in a chair right now? Uh, like, because someone somewhere in like Japan told me I can't use a chair. Like I'm soldering really careful, like, I have to be very like careful as intricate work. Like I, I can't be standing. It's like hurts my feet or something, you know? So like there's, there's a lot of times when these sort of like ideas can, can be used poorly, I guess, and hurt improvement. And then there's other times when people, they get embraced and people are like, like five Sing there, like five S in one factory, the term five S in one factory, it means, oh, you're going to throw all my crap away. In another factory, like, it's a sense of pride, and they, t and they like, are all about, like, having an award of, like, my cell is, the, like, the nicest-looking cell. So, like, what is that culture, you know? Like, how does that cr get created? Because it's, it's everything. That's really cool. There are so many topics. I mean, you know, work instructions, digital lean, you know, the, the whole idea of what happens to the ideas of lean in the digital world. Uh, machine monitoring, like basics around all of that, vision-based inspection, some of the other topics that we uh, didn't really cover so much, uh, ERPs, systems that you're connecting to on the shop floor, all of these industry frameworks and acronyms. Uh, I imagine we'll be trying to cover a, a bunch of each of these, but not too much, uh, like bite size, right? I, I think that's the concept, just a little bit every time. Yeah, I think, I think the approach that you'll find... I most often take is what is, I want to be as close to the floor as possible when looking at this. So if I'm looking at an ERP, like we could talk about 
the schema of the database, a database and its table structures and so forth. Um, Cause I've like definitely spent time like looking into these and trying to make sense of them. But none of that really matters at, in that level of detail on the floor. People just yeah. want to know what am I supposed to do right now? <laughs> like, what is this part that just showed up and what, like, what is this? So like, I care more about the way that people on the floor, whether they're supervisors or planners or um, hourly associates or whoever is dealing with the actual work that needs to be done, like how do how do they experience the ERP? That's what mm -hmm. I care about. I always care about that um, that person. So as we're rounding this off, if you were to define Friedman's factory uh, in terms of a physical factory, let's say you are building your your own factory. What are the things you're thinking about? Just to give a picture to people of what's in your head when you're okay. think, thinking yep. about a factory. I'm thinking about um, a lot of humans who have, over the years, some of them have memorized, they know the job, they're, they take pride in their work. There are some new people who joined. They're learning the ropes from these, from these older folks. Um, there's a lot of you know, machines, some of them are CNC machines and some like really great, like DMG Mori five axis machines with like a huge turret, you know, some of these. And then there are some that are like manual lays and it's the tool maker, you know, and it's that guy or a girl who is, you know, they have to do the secondary operation and polish that, like that small, like drive shaft or something, you know, I'm thinking about, um, you know, discrete manufacturing. So I'm thinking about assembly areas that are, putting components together. I'm thinking about the, the, you know, the, the planner who's been there at the job. It's like their first job out of college. They've been there for two years and they're walking around trying to make sure their parts are, um, they, they have a good supermarket for their area. You know, I'm, I'm looking, I'm thinking about, um, you know, molding cells and, you know, sub assembly cells and someone trying to manage all the moving pieces and orders, getting those done on time. I'm thinking about, you know, skew dips or daily management walks, Gemba walks where people are looking at these boards and they're trying to see whether they're winning or losing. You know, I'm thinking about um, all that stuff. I'm thinking about paint lines and someone trying to put in a Kanban system for, um, you know, this part that they're stocking out in or all sorts of things like this. This is, this is what I'm kind of imagining uh, happening. Uh, it's going to depend on, on, on what we're talking about too. You know, like those are the places that, that I'm describing that I've like been a part of is mostly like, you know, vertically integrated. They're making their own components. They're buying some components. They're assembling them. They're, they're sending them up for, you know, external processing. They're measuring them and they're, you know, trying to pack them and, and ship them. I'm thinking sometimes about a pick and pack and ship area, you know, so I'm thinking about like pickers who have like pick lists walking around grabbing stuff, think about all, all that. Um, so so it seems to me that it's a, you're imagining a problem and a solution, but you're not going straight to the tech. You're going to the people first. And you, then you, 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 what you were describing to me is the processes that people want to put in place, N not necessarily coming from, from the top, but just the processes that sort of naturally emerge. And then you're thinking about the tech almost like last. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't care what we use to solve. I really don't care what we use to solve the problem. If, if, if there's a simple 
like the simplest solution that we can try the, the, like quickly is what I want to do. I want something that's going to, that's going to make an impact quickly that people can get behind and is going to sustain. And then we're going to improve that later on anyway. So, but like the most important thing for me is understanding the problem um, that we're actually trying to solve. You know, I, I really want to be like, I think the most important thing, honestly, in, in what I, what I do and what I like to do is empathy. You know, I want to like talk to the people who are dealing with it and see what they've come up with. Like one thing I love to say is like, respect the current state. Like a lot of people I've seen when like, and I, I was, I did this myself in the past, like when, like earlier on, I would go there and be like, Oh, like this, this isn't like good. I need, we have to let me improve this, but I'm not respecting all of all the decisions that are being made currently and why this might be a good reason for some of these things. And if I don't understand them, then um, I'm, I'm really just maybe creating more of a problem by, by ignoring that. I'm, like, I, I'm speaking a little bit in code here, but, you know, respecting the current state and understanding why things happen the way they do and how, how things work is really important. Another thing that um, I've come, like another pattern that I've sort of recognized, and I like the movie Jurassic Park a lot. Um, so I'm going to use that as an example. But like Dr. Malcolm is talking about, um, he's like, I, f I think it's Dr. Malcolm. Anyway, Jeff Goldblum, he's talking about, you know, life finds a way. You know when he says that in that movie? He says life finds a way. And he, he's talking about how like, you know, all female velociraptors, whatever, can somehow breed. But the point is kind of really valid, I think, in manufacturing because you're going to ship stuff. It's going, someone's going to figure out how to ship it. And if that report doesn't work or if, like, you have to, like, who, who knows how it happens? But this is, like, a moving river, and it's your job to try and control it, you know? And, like, if you have a barrier there in some way, it's going to, like, go over and around the barrier and ship. Like, people are going to ship this stuff. And a lot of processes that you see, um, like a lot of like re the reality that I see at least is that it found a way. And some of that is gene is really genius work that someone came up with a way to make this happen. And it's not documented necessarily. It's tribal knowledge potentially. Um, but it is painful and it's not controlled and we can help improve it, but we have to respect it first, you know? Just because I can't see that barrier that they're going around doesn't mean it's still not there. Makes a lot of sense. Well, thanks. I think I got a pretty clear idea of what we're going to be doing here. So this uh, makes sense to me. So hopefully it makes sense to other people. You have just listened to episode 15 of the Augmented Podcast with host Trunane Unheim. The topic was Friedman's Factory, the introduction. Our guest was Mark Friedman, Lean Practice Leader at Tulip. In this conversation, we talked about Friedman's factory. What, what is it? What do we hope to accomplish? My takeaway is that Friedman's factory will take us deep into the shop floor philosophy of Kaizen, and with that, into the heart of manufacturing excellence. This is a tall order, and we will need to explore it slowly, carefully, but also forcefully and definitely concretely. It's almost frustrating to be limited by this introductory episode, which merely scratches the surface and hints at the discussions to come. 
However, in order to fully understand how Tulip's deeply humanistic approach to no-code is rooted in the shop floor experience, in trying to reflect, but also question factory floor behavior, we have to go on a learning journey. We will get to the discrete tasks and functions that digital no-code apps make flow so naturally. Work instructions, machine monitoring, and other things. But we need to go there only by imagining something better, experiencing the patterns that exist, and making sure we are truly making an improvement. The depth in Friedman's message lies, it seems to me, in his insistence on experience before tools, understanding before action, and understanding people and the reasons behind their current process way before introducing any kind of technology as a tool to simplify their life. Thanks for listening. If you liked the show, subscribe at augmentedpodcast.co or in your preferred podcast player and rate us with five stars. If you liked this episode, you might also like episode 10, A Brief History of Manufacturing Software, episode 6, Human-Robot Interaction Challenges, or episode 1, Automation to Augmentation, the podcast's vision to build a movement. Augmented, the Industry 4.0 podcast.